3: Conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Blue Nile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the
4: ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Total Saints podcast, The Final Countdown, with a weekly podcast going to the heart of all things Saints FC, albeit not for much longer, as this is our final ever episode. Hence some classic 80s rock music there. Yes, it's been a long, winding and largely emotional road since episode one, but the end of TSP is nigh. Listened to almost 200,000 times in well over 75 global countries, TSP has, I hope, helped you through the rollercoaster journey that is following Southampton Football Club. This final edition is a bumper one, which hopefully you'll enjoy, not least because it's taken me the best part of two weeks to put it together. First up, in normal pod style, we'll be reflecting on Saints' final fixture of 2019-20, the 3-1 victory against Sheffield United. To help me do that, Steve Grant, owner of Saints' web and lover of Columns A and B, but definitely not Charlie Austin, and Glenn Delacour, owner of League One Minus Ten blog and lover of shutting f- doors, are once again in attendance. We'll catch up with them in a moment. <laughs> post blaze review, we'll hear from some of our partners and TSP-supporting journalists, who all answer the same four questions about Saints, including Player of the Season and their one Saints wish for the next 12 months. They include James from Happy Hot Tubs, Will from Saints Archive, Robbie from Saints World, Dan Sheldon and Simon Peach. After that, having successfully negotiated extensively a number of agents, will have a familiar voice back for the final part of TSP, and I give it one more go at trying to get confirmation that there is indeed such a thing as a must-win game. Am I successful in that quest? Find out later. For now, though, Stephen Glenn, feeling any emotion towards the last pod together? Um, that's a no then.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We know, we've known for a few weeks that this is hmm. going to be the last pod so uh, I've done all my crying and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's
7: not it's, yeah it's not not come out of the blue in in that it's in that sense, sense is it so uh, build yourself
4: up to it exactly in local circles we've kind of uh, been aware of it haven't we but I must say uh, I, I just tweeted about it I'm having a rare Birra Moretti here just to uh, celebrate the uh, the fact that it is the last pod but obviously that Saints have had a fantastic end to the season as well so uh, we'll have a chat to the chaps in a minute um, before we get going into the thick of things a few quick TSP follow-ups that I just wanted to make for this final pod um thank you to everyone who's dropped me a line this last week about potentially supporting the podcast production I actually had quite a few three so very much appreciate it very grateful i think i've replied to everyone um you know well uh, it's really appreciated i think i'm still agreed that it's the right time to retire tsp but uh, as i say just publicly wanted to thank you all for that also wanted to say thank you to McDonald Coak for your iTunes review this week. Very kind. I promise we read them all and we'll absolutely miss you as well. And lastly, I just wanted to publicly thank Toby for his email this week also. Toby will know who he is. It was lovely to read. Very kind words and we wish you and the team all the best for 2020-21. We march on. Right, let's get on with it. Partnered by SaintsArchive.com and SaintsWorld.co.uk and with great thanks to our wonderful sponsors HappyHotTubs.co.uk and also our TSP patrons, this is Total Saints Podcast, episode 125, The Final Countdown.
8: Listen, listen very carefully. That's the sound of people everywhere deflating their inflatable hot tubs, ready for the Happy Hot Tubs inflatable trade-in event. During July, you can trade in your inflatable hot tub for the price you paid for it off a brand new hot tub. Just visit your nearest showroom and choose your hot tub, with finance available. Find your nearest Happy Hot Tubs at
5: happyhottubs.co.uk.
8: Maximum trading value applies. Oh, that's the uh, the hot tub still deflating. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Hi guys, I'm Danny Ings and you're listening to Total Saints Podcast.
4: After what's proven to be an awful, brilliant, surreal and encouraging 2019-20 Premier League season, Saints finally finished up with a 3-1 win versus Sheffield United at St Mary's. Um, I have to be honest, Glenn, at half-time I thought to myself it would be very apt for TSP to close with a lacklustre 0-1 home defeat complete with a soft goal conceded, but it was meant to be for us in the end and uh, a great win.
6: Yes. Yes, it was. And again, more encouragement for next season that we've well, we haven't we haven't worked out to not give away stupid goals. But (laughs) we we do seem to now have a better idea of how to attack against a packed defence. It was similar to the Brighton game in that we, you know, we gave away a rubbish goal. And then the other team were just content to kind of sit on it a bit and have a sporadic threat on the break. Mm. Um, But, you know, Che Adams goal Five minutes after half time, which did owe a lot down to a pretty poor bit of goalkeeping by uh, by Henderson, that that changed the game really. And and from then on, to, to me, Sheffield United just ran out of legs completely. But you've you've got to take advantage of that. Yeah.
4: And we've not done and, that before, um, have we? You know, as, being, as you say, instances no, where we've no, not done that yet.
6: No, and it was great for Jay Adams to get another goal, and that was a good bit of play by Walker Peters again. Um, and we we got away with a couple of things today. You know, we yeah. we had the we. Me and you know, McCarthy made a bad error. Walker Peters made one in the first half. Um, Billy Sharp didn't have his boots on. <laughs> um, you know, so we got away with a few things. Um, but overall second half display we, we deserve to win in the end We, you know the, the obvious next thing to work on is to stop giving away <laughs> the stupid goal that just yeah. makes things so difficult
4: yeah I had to I had to chuckle we'll come on to it in a minute but uh, yeah obviously second half uh, I think it was Ryan Bertrand was taking a uh, throw in on the halfway line and uh, I think they showed a replay didn't they and then somehow Billy Sharp was clean through on goal Alex McCarthy had just passed it straight to him but there we go That was uh, we managed to get out of that one but uh, I still find myself chuckling at this at Steve um, you know Glenn and myself were rooting around trying to find those two wins before the restart where were they going to come from but uh, look we ended the season 7 unbeaten all the wins <laughs> we ended the season 7 unbeaten and 5 wins out of 9 since the restart you know a really great run of form there probably when we needed it
7: yeah I mean as we've discussed I don't think we were ever in any real danger of um, of going down and it's refreshing that um, we've learnt the lesson of of the end of last season where once we got, got ourselves safe we kind of foamed it in for the rest of the season mm. and um, our standards slipped and then all of a sudden we started the following season badly. So hopefully the fact that we've got a um, little bit of momentum, we've not had an easy run of fixtures. Obviously we have played the bottom three, but mm. it wasn't as if the nine games that we had were all against the rubbish teams. We obviously had um obviously had City, Arsenal, um and Man United. Man United's yeah. Everton on paper was theoretically a um, should have been a, a difficult game, and and in the end we were we were annoyed that we didn't didn't win it comfortably. And mm. I think we've we've shown we've certainly we've got a game plan against teams that want to attack us. Yep. Um, and I think the last the last two or three games, I think particularly um, particularly the Brighton game and today, have as Glenn said, sort of shown that we're we're getting a better idea of how we're going to break down um, deep defenses yep. who are happy to sit. Basically camp out on the edge of their 18-yard box and not give us the give us the space for Redmond, Long, Adams, Ings, whoever to to kind of run the channels and get it, get in behind them. So I think that that bodes well. Um, I still think the defence is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> I mean, today we could conceivably have lost four nil. Um, with the ridiculous chances that we gave up. I mean, you had this, you had the insane scenario in the first half where Billy Sharp gives Yannick Vestergaard a 10 yard start and still beats oh, him for pace. That was horrible. Mm. Um, I mean, we were lucky that Sharp basically seemed to have too much time to decide what he wanted to do with it. Yeah. And in the end, just hit it feebly at the keeper. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, McCarthy pass one straight out to him i think jack stevens deserves a lot of credit for that for us rescuing that situation because him running not looking to go to the ball but running back behind the keeper meant that sharp had a decision to make yeah and as it turned out he picked the wrong one by trying to go around the keeper which gave somebody gave romeo the time to come back in and and clean up um but we all know that there is a there is a huge problem in the in the middle of our defence that needs plugging. Mm. Um and that's something that is presumably gonna be priority number one in the mm-hmm. window, particularly given the news that we're supposedly signing somebody for that role in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely, yeah, we'll have a, a chat about Mr Salasu in a, in a bit, but uh,
4: Glenn, it was only the second time this season we'd overturned a half-time deficit to win, and the first, uh, of course, being at home to Watford, and, um, you know, whenever I reflect on the season, Glenn, and I'm going to talk about Alex McCarthy here just briefly, because I don't want to spend too much time on the first half, obviously, in this last pod, but I still go back to that SAR chance that Watford had to make it 2-0 when he got his legs to it and sort of flicked it over the bar, and for me that was almost like the turning point of the season, because we went on to win that game, um, you know, and, and for me it's like one of the moments of the season that I'll just look back on but I just wanted to reflect on McCarthy just briefly because he's obviously given Ralph food for thought probably the last few weeks we know Fraser Forster's back around the club the, the move to Celtic seems to have gone a little bit quiet we're not sure if that's because Ralph's potentially told him that he's got a chance of being number one next season but again you know two great saves as Steve said there point blank from uh, Billy Sharp and then obviously that wonderful save from uh, London's Rocket which really kept Saints in the uh, game.
6: Yeah it did it- his performance—it was interesting to see uh, Ralph sort of like call out last week his improvement mm. um, and how how he had improved, looked more confident, etc. Um, I d- I do feel very confident when the ball goes in the air towards him most of the time. I-, I feel like he's you know more than likely to catch it. He's obviously got issues with some of his passing. Um, <laughs> we've had the, we've had the I mean just in the last few weeks we've had the Arsenal fiasco yeah. and we had the one today which. You know, nine times out of ten, that's a goal, isn't it? Um, So he's made a few clangers this season, undoubtedly. But at the moment, if you line up our three goalkeepers, if Fraser Forster comes back in top form like he did when he initially signed from Celtic, then you'd probably say he is the best bet. Hmm. I don't see that happening, um, to be honest. So, you know, I think we've, we've said before when we were talking about it during the break, I can see McCarthy being the number one next season. You know, especially given you know Ralph's praise of him recently, saying how much he, how much he'd improved under the new goalkeeping coach, mm. which is something that I think we all kind of suspected might happen anyway. <laughs>
4: I remember when I I played um, Wessex League for Romsey, it was probably the only decent level I ever played. And I do remember the coaching staff always used to shout to me, relax, relax. You know, when the ball came back from a a back pass or something, you find yourself with McCarthy. He's clearly trying to relax and be you know calm on the ball, but all you find yourself as a fan shouting is, get rid of it, get rid of it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, but- I'm very, I'm, yeah, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very much of the
6: okay. opinion is that you know your job is to keep the ball out of the net, and <laughs> exactly. if the ball is the ball is seventy yards away, then it's not going in your net, is it? So. I do, um yeah. I, that's, that's I just hate all modern, this passing around the box modern, that all the teams do. Now. Oh, just, oh,
4: I just found yeah. myself tutting a lot, but uh, there we go. But, I mean, look, obviously second half then, Steve, we did step it up, as Glenn mentioned there, and I think, you know, to be fair, obviously Sheffield United did look like they'd uh, run out of legs a little bit, but I think we need to give um Saints and credit here. Redmond obviously looked um a threat throughout. Uh, Romeo covered every blade of grass, I thought. You know, I, I tweeted earlier, but I think he's been absolutely brilliant since he's come back into the team. We're not, certainly not missing the... uh individual that looks to be off and uh, wasn't even in the squad today and uh, as, as Glenn mentioned you know Shea took his two goals very well that's four and uh, six now for him so all in all a very very promising second half and uh, some really good uh, sort of individual performances.
7: We were good second half and I thought 3-1 kind of almost almost flattered them a little bit in terms of I mean certainly the last half an hour we were just all over them mm. um, and I would imagine that um, the Total Blades podcast will be <laughs> uh, lambasting their players for giving away sloppy, um, sloppy goals and uh, and a bit of a dopey penalty. But the Blades were a bit blunt in the end, weren't they? Thanks. Yeah, they were. And I mean, I, I guess part of it is a it's it's been a long, a longer season, obviously for obvious reasons. But it's the game that they've played and the way, the fact that they've had to step up so much mm-hmm. from the level that they've come from. I think, I mean, they've lost their last three games. and I don't think that will come as much of a surprise to people Um, just because they're you could you could understand that they're they're probably just absolutely spent by now. Yeah, you can keep it up for perhaps 45, 50 minutes in a game. But um, beyond that, you're kind of running on fumes. And as soon as we got that equaliser, I I don't think there was really any doubt that we um, that we weren't going to go and. Go and win the game. I mean, Adam, I think the the key with the equaliser was that Adams took that shot so early. He did, didn't he? Caught the keeper off guard. Um, yeah. So, so Henderson, Henderson didn't have time to react to it. He was he wasn't wasn't set for it because mm. it looked as if he needed another touch. Yeah, as Glenn said though, I mean, a keeper of his quality,
4: you would expect him to have done better. So from a Saints point of view, that was nice to see it go in.
7: It was. Um, I mean, if you look at all of the England goalkeepers um, over this last round of games, um, his mistake is probably um not the worst no, no no so um yeah i mean i, I think Gareth Southgate has still got a pretty big decision on his hands uh, come September, I suspect. Yeah. Here's a stat for you. Southampton have gone unbeaten in seven
4: consecutive Premier League games, one four and draw three within the same season for the first time since November 2013, when they went eight games uh, unbeaten. So uh, a good end to the season there. Um, look, I know we've spoken about Danny Ings a lot, Glenn. Um, I know you've probably run out of superlatives and uh, various things to say about him, but I thought we couldn't do the last pod without just reflecting on him. You know, he's obviously got his 22nd uh, goal from the, the penalty spot today the first penalty in any of those 22 Premier League goals and um, of course he's finished second in the Premier League golden boot race um, you know an unbelievable effort I think we're all, all agreed on that by him but just sum up that achievement for him bearing in mind you know what we've spoken about with the team and you know as Steve mentioned just before we started it's there or thereabouts 50% of the goals we scored this season have come from him.
6: Yeah I mean it shows it shows that the season would have been slightly different if um, if we hadn't had him um, Adams is scoring goals now but you know if we'd gone into the season with sort of Adams over Fermi and Long as our three strikers um mm. you know we've gone into seasons before with I remember one season we went in with Austin Rodriguez and Long just three main line strikers and mm. you know and hey ho hey, we struggled what a surprise mm. um has been different class i mean initially you know i thought he was just keeping our heads above water mm. um yeah and we'd have been down amongst the dead men without him but I mean, we're a little bit better than that. The rest of the team is, is functioning well enough that I think we, we would have kept out of it. But having a striker that can score that many goals and be that reliable, I mean, we're talking about Sheffield United just now. If Sheffield United had had a striker out there today, and, you know, I love Billy Sharp, but he's 34 now. Yeah. If they'd have had a striker out there instead of him, we'd have been dead in that game today. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's the difference, having a striker like Danny Ings. He didn't have his best of games today, funnily enough, but he got another goal, albeit a penalty. Um, and you just can't put a value on that. And I, I severely hope that we don't have to in the summer mm. um, because, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the situation at Arsenal. You know, what's what's going to happen there? You know, well, I just I, I think just sent
7: forward forwards one position. They don't they don't need yeah, but any
6: reinforcement, margin, I, mean, I don't think. But um, we certainly can't can't do without him and we couldn't replace him. No, we totally we just—it'd just be impossible to replace him. So, yeah, long, long may it continue, and uh, hopefully, he'll be around for quite a long time yet.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, look, I, I'm, we're not going to go through every single player. Obviously, we're going to hear about some of the the chaps and the the other sort of um, guests' uh, views on player of the season, most improved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, later, we'll obviously have to wait and see if Danny Ings wins the TSP Player of the Year award. Who knows? But uh, what I would say is. Um, I just wanted to call out James Ward-Prowse particularly as well I tweeted about this uh, yesterday but um, there's rumours going around I've seen today from Telegraph around uh, him agreeing a new five-year contract which would obviously be fabulous news and probably coincide with him taking on the armband and the fact that Saints need to keep him but I tweeted yesterday that um, other than 50 minutes of that Spurs FA Cup replay, when he obviously got hacked to, um, in the uh, the game at Tottenham, he's played 3,910 minutes out of 3,960 minutes for Saints this season. So basically, I worked that out. 98.7% of our entire season he has played. Um, so he's only missed 50 minutes all season. He's obviously taken on the armband incredibly professionally as well. I think we're all delighted to see him doing really, really well. So I just thought on behalf of the pod, I just wanted to say well done, James, because that 's an absolutely incredible effort by you, and uh, you know we look forward to seeing you again next season as captain um, right at the start of the season, Steve, you predicted us to finish thirteenth. Adam and Lucy had us both to finish twelfth. Um, for the record, of course, I had as lowest at fourteenth. But uh, even at TSP 100 in January, Steve, I asked you if you felt that twelfth, thirteenth position was still achievable. And to be fair to you, you said yes, it was. You know, you felt they were playing well. Of course, they finished eleventh. So in short, we know our stuff. Um, a good league placing, I think, ultimately, and uh, you know, some decent cash to come from that. If you look at it, we had nine points after thirteen games, Steve. We got 43 points from the final 25 to end up on 52, and even more beautifully, I thought, as you tweeted earlier our goal difference was minus 9
7: yeah i mean i think that's that's just entirely appropriate given <laughs> that that is literally the only thing any any um non saints person ever um talks about this um so i mean let's let's be honest we were in a, we were in a horrible state at the start of the season mm. um ralph didn't quite seem to know what he wanted to do what the system was it was it was a horrible mishmash of not much really mm. um I mean, as we've said before, we we needed something to give us the proper kick up the arse to to get everything sorted. So um, thanks, Ryan Bertrand, for steaming in on um, on whoever it was, who, whoever's ankle it was. He nearly snapped in two um, on that on that Friday night, because that's the catalyst. And, um, we are where we are. And no, we've we've been uh, I mean, since I mean, as we've said, since that November international break, we've been we've been excellent and extrapolate over a season and and you're pushing pushing for a Europa League or even even a Champions League spot with um, with results like that so the trick will be replicating it yeah because obviously other teams are now going to have not quite as much of a um, sort of pre-season as you'd usually get but they'll have some time to um, sort of analyze everybody else and see what the best way is to try and beat us Um, I mean as we mentioned last week that It's not as simple as basically, right, play two big lumps up front because you'll just bully them. We somehow seem to have stumbled on a formula to um, get ourselves out of that particular hole as well. So, no, all all in all, looking looking up, I think, as long as make the right signings, uh, don't make the wrong sales. Yeah, that's almost as important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've just googled a quick picture here. You'll be
4: pleased to know it was, uh, a Josie Perez that, uh, he steamed in on there, uh, Steve. So, uh, just to, uh, circle that square, so to speak. Um, look, I mean, all in all, then, Glenn, just from your point of view as well, summarise your thoughts on the 2019-20 season for Saints. Some great momentum, I guess, for so that's That's one way we're looking at it. And of course, the other thing I was just thinking, we're 100% win rate at home in our brand new kit.
6: Yep, yep, all good. Which I thought yep, looked smart, the by the way. Yeah. The kit is massively important, as you know. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nothing, nothing that hasn't been sent, said already. We we were a mishmash at the start of the season. Ralph didn't seem to know what he wanted to do. Players out of positions, um, all that stuff. We picked up a couple of results, um, but then we had the uh, the big crash, the international break, and he he came back and seemed to have it sorted out. I think he I think he realised that fullbacks, you know, natural fullbacks in the right position are massively important to the way that the team needs to play. Mm. Um, so we, you know, we we stopped with the uh, the experiment of you know War Prowse playing right back and Danzo and and all this sort of rubbish. And once once we got the round pegs in the round holes, that made a huge difference. Um, you know, finding a position for Stuart Armstrong, yeah, um, that's that's been huge. Finding a position for War Prowse. I mean, not many of us would have said War Prowse was capable of playing in the centre of a midfield, you know, a two-man midfield, mm. if you like. Um, and that, that's been huge, which is, you know, and that, that's made the whole team sort of much more balanced. That That's the key word is, is balance. Um, Ralph was playing three at the back to start with this season because he didn't trust the central defenders. You know, he didn't yeah. trust two of them enough to form a partnership. Um, so it's a, a massive compliment to mainly Bednarek and Stevens that, you know, they formed a decent enough partnership for us to, you know, play the way that Ralph wants to play. And overall, the, you know, our fitness is incredible. Mm. I mean, not not just today it showed. It, sh- it, sh- it sh- certainly showed in the Norwich game. Showed in the Everton game. Um, we we've come back. We look very fit. And I think you know we we have to be. Our Manchester City game was the big one. We had to run more than them because they're better than us, obviously. And we've done that. So it's full marks to everybody really who's um, helped turn things around. It is looking promising for next season but then I've thought that before and we've hmm. <laughs> come crashing down to earth but you can only talk about what what you see in the last few games if if we can carry that on as Steve said we'll be looking at a very decent season next year.
4: Us three know Glenn everyone listening knows the Southampton way is to uh, you know to make it hard work <laughs> isn't it so yeah but uh, look, I mean let's hear one final time on Total Saints podcast from uh, a man I think we all love the man that's helped to get this club to 11th position in the Premier League here's Ralph's reaction to the win over Sheffield United via SouthamptonFC.com.
9: Really, really good. uh, Against a very, very uh, good organised opponent, finding the right uh, solutions, being patient. I think we showed today that we we have the the quality to to cause such teams problems, also at home. And it was uh, a fantastic game from my side, to be honest. Uh, Really nice to watch and absolutely deserved win. Yes, uh, uh, I think... uh, the guys uh, deserve now to have a break, it was a very intense time, but I knew uh, we are fit and we have an intense spirit, like, in the, like over Christmas and this fits to us and then, yeah, when they're coming back, hopefully also we have uh, the chance to celebrate together with the fans in the stadium next season, yeah, we, have, we, hope we we hope we keep on going where we stopped now and uh, to go in the break with such a long undefeated uh, time is, is fantastic for us.
4: Now, we've probably spent far too much of TSP talking about players who want to leave Saints, so let's finish with one who looks set to join imminently, Mohamed Salasu, the Ghanaian Rail Valladolid centre-back. As reported by Dan Sheldon last week and others this week, including Sadiq Adams, who's a respected Ghanaian football journalist, it looks like Salasu should be joining Saints imminently. Steve, I pulled out some stats uh, and a couple of tweets here from uh, Football Talent Scout, just to give you an idea. They've got 121,000 followers, so it sounds like they're fairly reliable. In terms of, and this is from the end of May, actually, so I appreciate it may not be fully up to date, but um in terms of La Liga 1920, Mohamed Salasu, 36 tackles, 1, which was the third best in the league, 30 interceptions, which is the 11th best, 135 clearances, which was the best in the league, 67 aerials, one. Eighth best in the league, 21 years of age, and one of the best defenders in Spain. Valadolid's jewel, they say. Um, I thought it was interesting. They talk about his uh, strengths being pace, passing, athleticism positioning, anticipation, tackling and heading so that sounds promising uh, they liken him to Amerik Laporte at Man City so again obviously at 21 years old it'll be good if we can develop uh, him into that sort of player but I think the key thing that I've pulled out from all of this as well Steve he's a left-footed centre-back and we know obviously Wesley's one that we've had for a little while but we've not really had someone to play even Van Dijk, you know, was right-footed but played the left-hand side didn't he so I guess I was going to ask you what you make of his impending signing and potentially what he'll bring to the team um
7: I must admit I've not done a huge amount of research so um thanks for providing the stats Anytime. to um to sort of uh, patch over my co- near enough complete ignorance <laughs> but um I mean Vitoria Leeds finished sort of lower mid table so they are a side that you would expect to be kind of defending more often than not um so I guess those numbers probably what you would expect for a defender at that sort of level um from what I've seen sort of attributes wise seems sort of big stature apparently one of, the, one of the fastest defenders in the league as well mm. which bodes very well given the distinct lack of uh, any sort of pace in our in any of our centre backs really Yeah. Um. so that bodes well as you say the, the left footed thing is interesting Um, mm. the balance of how you lay out your central defence does seem to sort of mysteriously go on sort of unchecked by a lot of teams you see you obviously get more right-footed players than you do left-footed players that that's just um, the way it is but it's quite surprising that the level of um, sort of non left-footed defensive units I guess naturally just seems slightly less slightly less coherent Mm. Um, so I think having players that are actually playing on the on their natural sides means that there's no you don't have to kind of relearn the position yeah that will help quite a lot. I mean obviously we let's face it we got bloody lucky with van Dijk in that he was he was so good and so assured that it didn't matter that he wasn't left-footed. He could, he probably could have played left-footed if he ha- if you asked him to. That was the difference whereas since he's gone we've then tried um another dutch player and that's obviously been an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> Who and, can you mean? Well, yeah. I mean it, it, but, it, but it seems as if we've actually we Judging by reports, we might have actually persuaded someone to pay us actual money for it, which seems seems absolutely incredible. It in just the, sums up the end of our it, season, in, really. In, miracles, courage, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, current economic climate. You'd have thought we'd be we'd be lucky if we can give him away um, without having to subsidise the wages as well. But yeah. maybe it was um, like
4: that. Lamina, real. You know, we obviously Lamina had a couple of clips of Redmond in there. Maybe we send whoever it is a couple of clips of Jan Bednarek or something like that. <laughs>
6: yeah, possibly, <laughs> as long as it's not the own goal at Watford. <laughs> Just add a couple of things. Yeah. Um, just a, a, a small note of caution, really. Oh, I guess. Um, well, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be realistic. I mean, Wesley had good stats for Lazio, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, is. we signed him because you know, yeah. hopefully, he's better than that. It's another young lad, mm. um, and he's relatively untried. I think he's had one season uh, in in the Spanish league. So we all got excited about Kevin Danzo last year, and it turns out he wasn't good enough. Now who's obviously played at a higher standard and played more games. So I just hope people are patient with him and if he takes a while to get up to speed with the Premier League, um uh, twenty one is very young for centre back. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League though, I can't imagine, I can't think of many off top of my head who are A decent and B that young. So let's just give him a give him a bit of time and if he's if he doesn't hit the ground running, let's uh, try try not to kill him and mm. just you let's, know,
7: let's, let's not I'm forget sort of, be, Bednarek, Bednarek made his debut in that League Cup game against Wolves and was an absolute disaster yeah, exactly. um, didn't play again for what four months and then suddenly became the mainstay of the team yeah I mean you are you are right that it's it's not necessarily going to be a going to be a quick thing but I guess paying the sort of money we're paying and in the knowledge that we are looking to get a first choice centre back mm, yeah Um, the assumption is that he is going to be Starting. We're buying him to start as opposed to buying him to maybe grow into the team at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, 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 then then begs, which then begs the question who do you play alongside him? Yeah, Well, exactly. I,
4: yeah. well I, I mean, I had here on paper, he definitely looks an exciting sign in to work with Jan and Jack. You know, you imagine one of them's probably going to play right side and uh, you know hopefully develop under Ralph as well but you're you're right it's interesting I've just done a a very quick search here and uh, come across uh, a tweet from at Adam Leach Sport about Danso. quote Kevin Danso perfectly fits the mould for Saints FC at 20 he's young and hungry to progress his career in the Premier League but already has experience in the Bundesliga big strong and powerful you know you could exactly liken that to Salasso with the La Liga couldn't you so you guys are right we need to obviously give him a a bit of time
7: yeah well and also play him in his best position would always help (laughs) I mean I think Danzo, uh, that situation is probably a write-off now, but Mm. I think if if we'd actually played him as a centre-back, which is what he was signed as at the start, and given him an opportunity in that position rather than remember there was that really weird seeming sort of argument between Ralph and Ryan Bertrand so he got dropped for the best part of a yeah. month so yeah. we were playing him at left back he's a right footed center half <laughs> yeah and
1: yeah,
7: that was madness and yeah surprisingly enough he doesn't doesn't suit that role no, no. Um, we've had, we've had so, some uh, yeah. we've
4: certainly had some situations at full backs this season haven't we so
7: it's been bizarre hasn't yeah. it but i think I mean, Bertrand looks as settled as he ever has. I think. Um, Although he did
4: look like he was totally treating today's game like a testimonial.
7: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't great. Well, I thought, I thought first, first half he was a little bit off it, but then everybody was. Yeah. Um, second half he was superb. I thought. Mm, yeah. Um, him and him and Redmond just absolutely took the piss out of uh, Bulldog, down their right hand side. Really. But as I say, if, give the guy a chance, and but give him, give him every chance to to kind of flourish rather than putting potential blockers in the way of him right from the start, then, yeah, who knows? Well, let's uh, watch this space and see what happens over the next few days.
4: Okay, to finish our time with Glenn and Steve and ahead of some of our patrons and local journalists discussing their nominations, it's time to get the chap's own views on Saints Player of the Season for 2019-20 and their Most Improved Player of 2019-20 as well. I have given them both their heads up just so they're not coming into this cold. I think we probably know where one of the votes may go, but you never know. Um, Glenn, let's start with you. Um, Who are you going to go for for both awards in terms of the Player of the Season and Most Improved Player of the Season and why?
6: Player of the Season, Jan-Valerie. (laughs) <laughs> no um, player, player of the season Danny Ings End of discussion No one even comes close That's the end of that I'm, I'm, I'm done with discussing that one Discussed it earlier Player of the season Is Danny Ings yeah. Most improved Is interesting It depends where Where you take the line from um, If you take it Sort of Since the start of the season There are three players I'd like to sort of mention And they're Jack Stevens, yeah. Stuart Armstrong James ward Already touched on Armstrong And ward In the yeah you know Armstrong was kind of a bit part player uh, sometimes not even in the squad didn't really have a set position um since uh, Ralph's reset as we call it <laughs> he's been put in a set position on the the right hand side of this 4222 and he's adapted well he's been a threat in virtually every game goals and assists um and we did very well to win the game without him today because mm. after, after he went off um so he's been massive since the uh since the season actually started for us um, and War Prowse has always been one of those players that's floated around different positions. Always the one who got shoved at right back if we needed a right back. Um, <laughs> never really had a set position in any in any formation. Mm. And, and now we found it. He's, he's playing there. He's, he's obviously been, I hate using the term man up because that um, tends to cause problems these days. But he, he has manned up. He gets stuck in. He yeah. tackles. He heads. He's, he's developed the sort of. The, the dark arts sort of thing. He's going <laughs> foul someone deliberately. Or Wolford, a heart's best mate. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, I, I now see him uh, having a really good chance of playing for England because mm. we don't really have many players in that sort of position. We've got loads of attacking midfielders, but Jordan Henderson is sort of similar sort of position, but he, he's got to have a chance. If he keeps keeps playing like he is, he's got to have a chance over the more limited sort of central midfielder that England tend to go with like um, Eric Dyer or someone yeah. like that. He's got to have a chance if he carries on. So he's improved. Armstrong's improved. They were both relatively decent anyway. Yeah. But the one who has really surprised me is, is Jack Stevens um, because I, I didn't think there was a player in there. Um, he had two main weaknesses. His concentration was always poor. You know, he tended to lose players, and we see that very occasionally now, but he has improved. His heading is so much better mm. than it was. Um, it, it, you know, the ball goes down that channel now. And you remember when he, when he used to play there with Cedric, it was like, oh my, <laughs> it was just dreadful, wasn't it? But now he, he is. Meeting the ball, heading it cleanly—it's mm. going a long way. He's not getting beaten by any player who's above five foot seven, which is what was happening before. Mm. Um, so he has improved. I mean, I—I I would have said it was a foregone conclusion that you know if you were going to choose between him and Bednarek for one role in the team, it would be Bednarek. I'm not so sure now because Stevens has improved that much, um, and it, it was vital to us being able to play. The back four. His his passing out of defence is very important as well. Um, he he's you know he plays a good ball into the midfield or into the forwards' feet. So if I had to choose anybody, it would be uh, it would be Jack Stevens.
4: I think that's uh, very very fair words there, Glenn. Um, Steve, from your point of view, would you argue with either of those, or would you vote differently?
7: Uh, no, I would go with both those selections and for pretty much the exact same reasons. Mm. Um, I mean, it looked look for all, all the world that Stevens was done as a Saints player you had this bizarre scenario where it looked as if basically there was no way that he, that they could pick him for a home game mm. because the sort of nerves from from fans and stuff would affect the way that he played and it was quite sad really. Mm. And it just looked like he was a completely broken player. All credit to him for somehow turning it around and and being a mainstay of this team. I mean, I don't know what the selection will be once we get to the... Once we get to the start of next season, if Salisu is going to be is going to be the main man on the left hand side, then presumably only one of Bednarek and Stevens plays, and that's that's not going to be an easy decision. I I actually think Stevens might get the nod from his organisational abilities, yeah, um, because he's the one that is shouting at people and telling them where they need to be. Um, I mean, in the past you'd kind of look at that and kind of scoff and say, well, sort your own game out first, but to be fair to him he has mm. and now him being being the organizer at the back is a position that that we've needed.
4: Mm. Well that brings our time together to an end. Um you know I just want to say a massive thank you to you both not just for this episode but for all the previous uh, weeks and months that you've uh, given up alongside uh, Lucy and obviously previously Adam um, you know really appreciate your time and commitment to TSP and I think like our listeners chaps I've loved the the banter the opinion and very very occasionally the swearing of course but just want to end by saying a a big TSP thank you to you both and obviously wish you all the very best for the future
6: cheers
7: Um, and to you it's been uh, yeah. yeah it's been been great fun
6: I think Steve and I have both said in the past that it's um, just coming on here, answering questions and waffling about football. That's that's the easy bit. It's uh, it's the stuff you do behind the scenes to uh, to edit it all and make it look professional and take out the stuff where we talk absolute rubbish. Um, <laughs> that, um, how have
7: how, how we put more than more a minute out each week in that case? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, So no, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, no. Cheers, chaps. And uh, really appreciate it. massive thanks again to glenn and steve for all their tsp input over the past weeks and months two top chaps now the last couple of weeks i've been getting the thoughts and views from a few of our key partners and journalists all of them have been very kind to give up some time in answering the following questions one their 2019 20 saints player of the season two their 2019 20 most improved player of the season three their one to watch next season and four one wish for Saints on or off the pitch in the next 12 months. All of them have provided a few minutes of content each. Their player of the season and most improved player of the season votes will be added to yours on Facebook and Twitter, plus Glenn, Steve's, and a certain someone else later on to give us our overall winners. So first up is James Hallett from our brilliant sponsors for the last two years, Happy Hot Tubs, www.happyhottubs.co.uk at Happy Tubs. So my 2019 20, 20
8: Saints' prayer of the season is unsurprisingly Danny Ings. So exciting to have not only a local lad scoring goals for Saints, looking like he's enjoying playing for Saints and having other people even saying, wow this guy's good, it's it been so good to watch um, him having a run in the team not getting injured, and just generally enjoying his football you know, I'm a bit concerned about a potential England call-up because I think oh, you know, that would be really good, but would it it rock the boat a bit? But I I really enjoy watching him and really enjoy watching uh, how hard he tries, not just on the offensive, but the defensive as well. I mean, the Man City game is fantastic getting involved and his effort level is is ridiculous. I think we all love seeing that, so he's definitely my choice. My 2019-20 Most Improved Saints player of the Season is Stuart Armstrong. Absolutely love watching him. Uh, I've always been a fan of him, but I feel like he's really grown into being a solid member of the first team uh, this year and chipping in with the old goal. Met him by accident on a tennis court in Winchester as well, and he was a very nice chap. I just think he's done a really good job this year, and I really hope that he's going to keep pushing on because I'm really pleased for him to be playing well and getting involved. And uh, again, the effort level is awesome, which I really, really like. My saint to look out for in the 2020 21 season is Shea Adams. Uh, really pleased to see him finally score. And again, effort level's been there. He keeps knocking on the door. I think it's going to click for him. Uh, you don't have a season like he did previously in the Championship without the raw talent that he's got. And uh, I think that'll give him a lot of confidence scoring against Man City like that. And uh, hopefully that can really push him on to really help Ingsie up there and um, just be a real positive influence. So yeah, definitely uh, Shea Adams is my one. So my one wish for Saints next season is the stadium related. I want us to get back to having that decent buzzing atmosphere. I think it's been dropping uh, a bit and I think obviously 9-0 Leicester was not ideal. That was very hard for everyone to come back from and I really think that That would be my wish, to get that stadium rocking again. And also get the attendances better, getting closer up to the 30,000 all the time. It's not the same when it's not quite full. And I think Ralph, with the whole thing he does at the end of the crowd and his just enthusiasm, but I think he will be a big part of that. And I think if we can end the season high, that will be a wish that may come true next year, I hope.
4: massive thank you again to James and everyone at Happy Hot Tubs for all their support. Next up is Will Dorr from the brilliant Saints Archive,
10: www.saintsarchive.com, at Archive Saints. My 2019-20 Saints player of the season is Danny Ings, simply because of the goal-scoring record performing at the moment. He's having a fantastic season, particularly after a few seasons where he's had particular injuries that have set him back. Uh, his first season with the Saints. Um, but you can see he's loving his football at the moment. He's loving playing back in his city again, wearing a red and white Saints. Ultimately, who else would you give it to? It's the man Danny Ings. My most improved player of the season goes to Stuart Armstrong. Uh, I felt in the first season he showed signs of potential and the, uh, the you know and the reason why we spent money on him and bought him from Celtic, uh, where he's a bit of a hero up there, not just for his footballing, but for his hairstyle. Ultimately, this season, Stuart, when he's been given game time, he's proved himself, particularly like with the goal against Villa. Celebration. Obviously, we ran into the supporters as well, meant a lot to us as well, and obviously meant a lot to him to be able to to have that uh, time out on the pitch. But, yeah, Stuart Armstrong for me. Some might disagree, but that's what this is all about, isn't it? My saint to look out for in 2020-21 would be Will Smallbone. I did watch him play on his uh, professional debut against Huddersfield in the FA Cup this season, where he also scored as well. Um, he's starting to get a little bit more game time. Ralph's trusting him in that position. I believe he also put the assist in for one of uh, Danny's goals. Uh, against Watford as well. So he's got great sight, good vision, good head on his shoulders for a young lad. So giving him game time, not too much, but build him up slowly. And I reckon it could be uh, something to look forward to in the future. Um, My one wish for Saints in 2021 is both on the pitch and the business side of it. The pitch side stuff, better home record. Everyone knows perfectly well uh, that we've got one of the worst home win records uh, in the league at the moment, I believe, over the last Three seasons we've only had thirteen home wins, which is terrible and remarkable uh, that we're staying up and with those sort of results. I mean, if we'd sort the home results out we'd be up the other end of the league at least top eight side. As for the club itself, the communications is an issue uh, and in particular the ongoing saga of whether or not the club are being sold. The rumors keep coming back uh, the club keep denying them, however, the more they deny them, the more people seem to think that they're lying so Something's got to be addressed there. If it's going to be selling, then say something. If you're not selling, then properly put something out, press release, whatever. But communications from the board towards the supporters has got to be improved there.
4: Thanks to Will for his thoughts and reflections. Now we move on to another great supporter of ours, Robbie Reid from Saints World www.saintsworld.co.uk at Saintsworld FC.
0: My 2019 20 player of the season is Danny Ings. Reasons behind that, pretty simple really, and I think plain for everyone to see. I think his commitment levels are second to none. His work rate is tireless on the pitch. I mean, at both ends. We see him top to bottom, attacking, defending, midfield. It's just tireless. His advice levels to the younger players as well is priceless. I just love the way he supports the younger players too, gives them advice. You can see him chatting to them during the game, and uh, of course he does score the odd goal. My 2019-20 most improved player for Saints, Jack Stevens. It's very close on that one. There were, there were a couple, but Jack Stevens came out on top for me uh, personally from my point of view. I think he's gone from a bit of a scapegoat. To a top centre-back for us, his confidence and awareness has improved no end. And I don't really want to mention that result again, but I think that really was a turning point for him. He's such a strong player now. He was my second choice for captain after Prowsey. And from my point of view, and I don't know whether this applies to everyone else, but as soon as I see the team sheet come out, instead of the old days where there were lots of your Twitter type meltdowns, I mean, as soon as I see his name on the team sheet, and I know he's fit and he's playing, I'm full of confidence, so uh, that's why Jack gets my vote. My St. Lookout for player for the 2020-21 season. Now, this has obviously got a big if with this one, but I'm going for KWP. He's really impressed me over the last few weeks. Uh, I think he's working very hard to fit into Ralph's system. He's still a very young player. What I like about him is he's very solid at the back. He's learning, basically learning while he's playing. Loves to get forward. I mean, some of his runs, some of his balls and crosses in are absolutely superb. And I think the guy can only get better and better. But like I say, basically, there's a big if with this one. Hopefully, we sign him on a permanent deal and we can look out for him. And some of us can be proved right if we picked him. Right, this next one is my one wish for Saints for 2020-21 season given this quite a lot of thought because it's very easy to dive in with I'd love to get us top six, I'd love to get European football, etc. Et but from my point of view, the one wish would be to see the team continue to grow in terms of their confidence and also bringing in players so there's a bit more depth to the team. And what we now seem to have got to, which is what I wish and hope continues, is that buzz before the match where with the Kuman days we were feeling invincible. We didn't win every game, but we didn't mind who we were playing. We didn't mind if we were home or away because we had that feeling that we could win. Not a hope we could win. We just literally knew that we could go anywhere and get the three points. And I'm starting to get that feeling back again. It's not just because of the one result with Man City. It's just the general feeling around the team and around the club that they seem to have a really good structure behind the scenes now. Manager settled, signed his contract. Got some really good players growing in confidence week by week, and hopefully, some more coming in. So, yeah, that's my wish that it continues and uh, grows, and we continue to get that really feel good feeling before each match and hopefully afterwards.
4: Thanks, Robbie. Okay, now we're moving on to some of the dedicated journalists who support and or watch and follow Saints. Up first is Andrew Pate from ITV, at AndrewPateITV on Twitter.
1: My 2019-20 Saints player of the season is Danny Ings. I just couldn't look anywhere else. He's just been so phenomenal for us this season, not only with the goal scoring, but the work rate. I imagine it's so easy for Ralph Hasenhutl to speak to the younger strikers, explaining to Shay Adams and Michael Obafemi, that's what you need to do to be in the team. Not only do you need to score goals and create goals, but you need to be working all of the time. And Danny's fitness this season has been absolutely fantastic. I think we all had doubts about his injury record last season and whether he really could do three matches in a week. But I have to say he looks one of the fittest players at Saints and it's just non-stop from him he's so good so experienced I really do wonder where we'd be without him and it would be fantastic if he would sign a contract extension because he is just Mr Southampton I think it's Mark Lawrenson who said if Danny Ings is in Southampton they won't be relegated and we really need to try and sign him up longer if we could. My most improved player of the season is Jack Stevens. I have to hold my hands up and say, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, I probably would have said, I'm not sure Jack Stevens is a Premier League player. He doesn't have fantastic pace. I worry sometimes about his heading ability. And over the last few seasons, he's had those mistakes in him. And yet, from about November onwards, when he got back into the side this season... He's been brilliant, just so talkative at the back, just organising everyone, intercepting, throwing himself on the line. And what will be brilliant is I'm hoping Saints do sign a new centre back. And, and we hope in the summer it's going to be the next uh, Van Dyke or Older Verrold. It'll be really interesting to see who plays alongside. Will it be Jack Stevens or will it be Bednarak? I have to say at the moment, I plump for Jack Stevens. My saint to look out for in 2020 2021 is Alex Jankovic. Apologies if that's the wrong pronunciation, but he's a young Swiss midfielder that Saint signed about a year ago. And to me, he looks like the complete midfielder, a, a real modern midfielder. He's got good height good physicality, and he's also very comfortable on the ball, moves around the field really well, very mobile. We have other players, somebody like Harrison Reed, who I do admire and I know he's done really well at Fulham, but I can't really see a midfield with James Ward, Prowse and Harrison Reed. I just think in the modern game, you do need bigger players as well. And I do wonder if Jankovic could be somebody that will be really strong for us in the seasons to come. My one wish for Saints in 2020-21 is, well, the truth is my wish has already been fulfilled because Ralph has signed that new contract and it it was the long contract. The fact that it's four years uh, just shows the faith he has in the club and, and we have in him. And I suppose what I'd like next is to try and sell some of those players in the summer that we desperately want to get rid of and to get, you know, half-decent money in for them, the likes of Lamina and Wesley Hoot. Because I just think Ralph is so good. You know, I I just think he's brilliant for the club. If he could get a bit of money and fill up those positions we all know are a bit of a worry, like right-back and centre-back. And if Hoiberg goes, then central midfield, then, you know, let's just hope how we've been doing in recent weeks this season can carry on next season and i really think it's going to be a bright future with ralph at the helm
4: some great comments from andrew there next on the list is one man who has worked his socks off for the echo sports desk this season dan sheldon at dan sheldon sport
5: my 2019-20 Saints Player of the Year is Danny Ings because let's face it, without his goals, Saints would probably be where Bournemouth are right now. You can just look at the way he plays, and he is just a cut above the rest. You know, as soon as he gets into that box and he's got half a chance, nine times out of ten that ball is going into the back of the net. What impresses me more about Danny this season is he didn't actually start. He was playing second fiddle to obviously Shea Adams. Started the Pompey game, did that sort of iconic celebration, and then just really kicked on from there. And if you think where Saints were back in you know, end of October, early November, his goals really helped move the club away from danger, especially over the Christmas period into January. I know he didn't score against Chelsea, but, you know, picked up some good results there, obviously got the goal away to Leicester in January, and then he's just continued that form. You know, he would have been in the England squad in March, but for obviously the coronavirus pandemic, which kind of put everything on hold and that that squad obviously got cancelled. But, you know, he's come back after the restart and it's just continued where he's left off. In fact, I actually think he looks even better now than he was before the break. And I think mean, that's just a testament to how much work he's putting in behind the scenes with his PT, 2 I think he's one of his best mates as well. I'm sure many people will say Danny Ings and Danny Ings is up there for me as well. My most improved player of the season is Jack Stevens. Again, similar to Danny, you know, he had a tough start to the season, wasn't playing. He's one of those players as well that I felt... I almost felt sorry for because I felt, you know, if he made a mistake, it was heightened because it's Jack Stephens. And, you know, fans would often get on his case since sort of end of November, early December. I think when he came back into the team, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, And in the game towards the end of the season against Man City, you know, he was unbelievable in blocking every single thing that came his way. It was a tough one, this one, though, because Stuart Armstrong was up there for me, won the title uh, with Celtic. He's a full Scottish international. So I just think, you know, he's already a good player but I really do think Jack Stevens has come into his own and formed a great partnership um, with Jan Fednarek. My saint to look out for in 2021 is Will Smallbone. The midfielder obviously made his debut in January and then has gone on to become a regular in Ralf-Hassenhunter's obviously matchday squad. And I think with the uncertainty surrounding Pierre Mulhoyberg's future, who it doesn't look like will be at the club beyond the summer, Smallbone really is the player to stand in and take Pierre's boots, if you say so, and from speaking to people at the club, they really, really do rate Will Smallbone. He really is one that they've sort of earmarked and they think he will go on to, to great things. And I know privately, Ralph, although he's a, obviously a big fan of Pierre, I don't think he'd be too concerned about Pierre leaving because Will Smallbone is coming in. And, you know, the only thing that Will Smallbone needs, and again, people behind the scenes will say the same, is he just needs to toughen up a little bit. But, you know, you can develop that in a gym. Can't necessarily make Pierre and Hoyberg a better passer of the ball that's just the sort of talents they have. So in terms of Paul Smallbone, he's got to go in the gym, toughen up over the summer, get a little bit bigger. And then I really do think he'll kick on next season and sort of show everyone why he's so highly regarded behind the scenes and by Ralph. My one wish for Saints in 2021 is for fans to be allowed back inside St Mary's. It's been a real learning curve for me over these last few weeks covering the games without crowds. You know, when you're there covering the game, you don't pay too much attention to the fans, but you know, there's always an atmosphere going on behind you and then the minute I walked into Norwich, and it was just completely soulless. And then for the great win against Man City, you know, they're the moments that you want to see Saints fans inside the stadium celebrating a famous win, celebrating Shea Adams' first goal for the club since joining back in 2019. And also from a work point of view, it's really helpful because when you spend most of the second half with your head buried in your laptop and you kind of rely on the fans, you know, if the fans start making noise, you know something's going to happen. And then you lift your head up and you can kind of catch any action. But when you take the fans away, it makes work so much more difficult because you're looking down and then you're thinking, well, I could easily miss something here. And then it just, it's just an absolute nightmare. But I also think going forward for the fans, I hope the Premier League have realised just how important fans are to the product. You know, even on TV, it's just, you know, you can have the fake crowd noise, which I don't personally like, but it's just not the same. So, you know, fans be back in the stadium in one way or the other, cheaper ticket prices. That would do me for next year.
4: Well done to Dan for all his brilliant work since picking up the reins from Adam. It's been great having him on the pod so regularly. We now head across the Atlantic to NBC Sports, where we find Joe Prince-Wright at
11: JPW underscore NBC Sports. OK, my 2019-20 Saints player of the season is a very obvious one. I'm going for Danny Ings uh, with his goals galore, local lad, and he's just an all-round nice guy. I've been lucky enough to get to know Danny over the years and my role with NBC Interviewed him a lot when he was at Liverpool, uh, breaking into the England team. Then he had all those bad injuries and, you know, and I spent time with his family and his dad, uh, in Netley at their family home uh, and really have got to learn a lot about his story and his journey because, uh, it's one that resonates really closely with myself because overall, you know, he's just been an inspiration, I think, to Saints fans because uh, I grew up in Southampton. He's a few years younger than me, so I knew a lot of people who uh, were mutual friends and family. And as I've got to know Danny, uh, we realized that we know a lot of the same people. So uh, it's been really interesting to see him score so many goals, uh, his connection to the city, how much of a great guy he is. And my overriding memory from this season uh, is with Danny. Uh, and I was down at Fratton Park for the 4-0 win. Just have to mention that again. 4-0 win uh, in the League Cup against Pompey uh, and after the game we were in the dugout in the away section that's where the media uh, area was uh, and myself and Simon Peach uh, were down there with Danny as the whole Saints end was singing his name uh, and Danny just came up and gave me a big hug uh, and a peck on the cheek cuz he knew exactly what it meant to all the Saints fans so i feel like that moment when he scored those two goals against Pompey really kick started his season gave him the confidence to go on this amazing run of scoring goals and yeah, I will not forget that night at Fratton Park for a while. And hopefully Danny Ings is scoring a lot of goals for Saints for many years to come. So on many levels, what a season for him. Uh, I think there's only one answer really for Saints' player of the season. My most improved player of the season? Um, This is a good question. I'm going to go with Jack Stevens. Uh He kind of rose from the ashes of that Leicester defeat, really took his chance after that game. He still had a few dodgy moments here and there. But generally, he's been superb. Uh, I think we're really seeing that form he had under Claude Powell a few seasons ago, where he got the new contract, uh, really papered over uh, Virgil van Dyke being out injured for the second half of that season. Uh, a special word for Stuart Armstrong as well. Like a lot of others, I think he's got better and better as the season's gone on. More of a goal threat. Uh, maybe takes a few more touches than he needs to in the attacking area sometime. But he has really added uh, sort of a cutting edge, uh, and a clinical edge to his game. But for me, Jack Stevens and the partnership he's formed with Jan Bednarak uh, is going to be a big part of Saints' hopeful push towards a top 10 finish in the coming seasons. He's still quite young, Jack Stevens. Been long, uh, around the club for a long time now, obviously coming from Plymouth and then coming up through the academy. But yeah, I feel uh, really confident that Saints probably don't need to buy another centre-back this summer, uh, which I wouldn't have said for a long time. Uh, but that's because Jack Stevens has been so good. So, yeah, most improved Saint in the season, Jack Stevens for me. My Saint to look out for in the 2020-21 season is Will Smallbone. Uh, I really like him. He's kind of like a mini Morgan Schneiderlin, right? The way he plays, he sprays the ball around. He's got a bit of more of an attacking edge to his game than Schneiderlin did. And with Hoiberg probably going, I think Smallbone should play a lot more and he's done really well since he's been in the team. I spoke to him after his first Premier League start against Aston Villa, where he almost scored early on, was really composed and looked the part. See a really big future for him at Southampton. And another player, I think, to look out for next season will be Shea Adams as well. That goal against Man City will give him a lot of confidence. And I think now we've seen the, the link-up play between him and Danny Yings. They're kind of on the same wavelength. Uh, he brings a bit more of a physical edge up front. Not that Shane Long doesn't do that but he's a bit of a different type of player. Uh, And I think Shea wins a lot of the flick-ons and that really is bringing out the best in Danny as well. So now he's had a whole season to settle into the Premier League, settle in at Southampton. He's clearly well-liked by the coaching staff and the players. So I think Adams is going to have a really big season for Southampton. My one wish for Saints in 2020, 2021 is that they keep building a close connection between the fans, the players, the manager and the club, because that positivity has returned it feels like the manager and the players really care about playing for this club uh, and that goes a long way that hasn't been the case in southampton for a while before the last 12 to 18 months since hasenhoot has been in charge southampton's always been a family club we all know that uh, and i really hope it stays that way and that youngsters get a chance to play under hasenhoot because they didn't under ronald kuman for whatever reason uh, but now we look at it obafemi's breaking through you got voken smallbone will ferries a big talent uh, Nathan Teller as well. So there's five or six players there in the academy that should get uh, a lot of minutes under Hazard next season. And I think that will make that connection between the fans, the players and the club overall grow a lot stronger. So uh, I think we're seeing a return to the old Southampton spirit, which is great to see. Uh, and hopefully that means that Southampton go from strength to strength on the pitch and off it. We'd all like to see more investment. But uh, for me, I think as long as we keep on the track, with backing Ralph Hasenhutl and having more young players come through the team. I think that's going to be a really positive thing uh, for everyone overall. So as a Saints fan, I'm feeling pretty positive going into uh, next season. Uh, and I hope that this positivity uh, stays throughout the fan base because uh, it really can create something special with this group of players.
4: Always good to catch up with Joe. One great memory, of course, from TSP100 was discussing his overhead winner when he was playing over in the States. One guy who I suspect has scored numerous overhead kicks during his playing days is Simon Peach. Simon's last up with his votes and thoughts. So from PA Media, it's Big Saints fan at Simon Peach.
12: My 2019-20 Saints Player of the season is uh, quite an obvious one. I think for everyone, if they don't say Danny, they've got something wrong with them. Look, he's a player that I've never really been sure exactly quite how good he was because of the injuries. Uh, and to be honest, the clubs he played for before he went to Liverpool and, and then had his progression stunted. I was in Lithuania when he made his debut it was a couple of days after Jürgen Klopp got the job, because uh, I remember speaking to Adam Lalana about it afterwards. And he, I think it was a day or two after that is when Danny Ings got injured. So it's been a long journey back. I get a bit tired of Managers saying how great departing players are at, at big clubs. I remember Pep Guardiola saying that Kalidjah Iannata was the most professional footballer he's ever dealt with, or something, he, as he was leaving. I mean, it's the throwaway comments, but the remarks from Klopp kind of felt a bit stronger and warmer than that. And after a stop start first season, I think it's fair to say he's been amazing this year. It's been it's been a joy to watch. It's been a long time since we've had a striker that has been so sharp in front of goals. And I mean, let's not kid ourselves. If a Man United or Liverpool came in with the right money, I'm sure he'd like to test himself at that level again. But at the same time, we also have a player that's from where we're from and dreamed of what we dream of. So it's it's nice, and it, we can connect with him a bit. And it helps that he can score against Pompey as well. My most improved player of the season, um, I would say there's a few. I think Stuart Armstrong has been really impressive. I think Alex McCarthy's shown flashes, although I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what the goalkeeping position will look like next season. But yeah, my most improved player of the season is Jack Stevens. It's not something I ever thought I'd say, but he seems to have matured. Not in a off-field sense, matured on the field, as in discipline, when to make the right moves, decisions, pressing when to jump, his timing's a bit better in, in in everything. I know not so long ago he performed amazingly against Manchester City and there is a certain recency bias about that, but he really did show that day that he's capable. I mean, this is a guy that's played with some brilliant defenders, but he's always then dropped back to third or fourth choice when other people have come back fit. It's, it's his opportunity to stamp down his authority. I've really liked Jan Bednarik for the last 18 months, two years. And those two, although it's a nightmare to try and tell them apart on the field because they look so similar with that haircut, that post-coronavirus haircut, they do work really well together. And it's something I'd like to see grow. I don't think Yannick Vestergaard's a a bad defender like some people, but I think Jack deserves to be starting at the moment. And I'm quite hopeful that he's still got another level to go. I've been speaking to Ralph Hasenhutl about him fairly recently, and he was telling me how he got into in pre-season and he's the kind of player that needs a kick. That was his word. Uh, to get to where he needs to go and it does seem that he is reacting to that tough love or that intensity so long may that continue my saint to look out for in 2020 2021 is Guido Carrillo no it's not <laughs> it's not Guido Carrillo it's not Wesley Hoop. my saint to look out for in 2020 2021 is Musa Gineppo now we all remember his wonderful goal against Sheffield United and Brighton but that was quite a long time ago. He's only made 20 appearances this season in all competitions but I think he's shown he is really good talent. I think a discipline was obviously a bit of an issue with the, with the Newcastle thing, the red card and he's had a bit of a torrid time with the calf injury coming after that three-match ban when, when play resumed and there are obviously going to be questions about the fitness side of things but I am also kind of hopeful that a full pre-season under his belt and a, and a year in English football will have done him good. A bit like Danny Ings having that season of bit stop-start before he gets the ground running. I mean, I'd love him to get to the same levels. I'm not suggesting he will. But it does feel that for the first time in a while, we've made a decent signing in that area of the field. One that isn't going to be a massive, huge mistake. Um, obviously, he's got a lot to prove. But I think the raw tools are there that he can kick on and become a, a very good player for Saints and inevitably linked to Liverpool in a couple of months. My one wish for Saints in 2020 apart from the obvious treble, domestic treble, would be for St Mary's to feel like home in a way. We've obviously been there for a long time now, but for, for far too long we've been dreadful. I know the Manchester City game was a big weight off the shoulders, but too often we've struggled at home. I don't need to tell anyone this. and I'm on the same kind of topic I, I want the fans back in. I, I've been fortunate enough to be one of the Hundred or so at each game uh, allowed in and it is strange without fans um, and it was only recently when I saw Match of the Day do their Goal of the Month award that it really kind of struck home how, how different it really is because when you're in the ground as much as it's strange going through all the, the, the protocols Realistically, that you're still watching people kick a ball on the on the field and writing it down, so that hasn't changed. It's actually quite nice to have that kind of normality in my life, on a, in a selfish perspective. But when match of the day's goal of the month was goal of the month, and they had to merge March and June, and the first five goals were with fans running down the steps and going wild behind the goal, and the, the close up, you know, the close ups of the faces when the ball's flying into the top corner, of the guys behind the goal. And then the next five were just wraps of Chinese betting companies behind the goal. It, It needed that to kind of come home, just how strange it is. So I really hope that Saints can become a place to enjoy watching football again. And more importantly, everyone can get there soon enough and in a safe manner.
2: Saints Podcast, sponsored by happy
4: Big thanks again to James, Will, Robbie, Dan, Joe, Andrew, Simon, Glenn and Steve. Some great thoughts and opinions there. Right, to finish TSP 125, the final countdown, there felt like only one suitable option, to recall the Robin to my TSP Batman. It took quite a few uh, phone calls, quite a few layers of management, but we got there in the end. It is, of course, Adam Leach.
3: Adam, thanks for coming on again. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me back, mate. It's great to be back for the finale.
4: How's things with you? I mean, obviously, we've been uh, seeing a lot of you on the uh, the screen rather than on the, the pod the last few weeks, but uh, keeping well, I hope. And more importantly, you brought your uh, random number
3: generator with you, I hope. I've definitely brought the random number generator. And, yep, I'm, I'm keeping well, thanks. Yeah, obviously... My, uh, departure from the world of Saints was pretty short lived. Um, I still am employed, I should add, in my other job, but, um, very, they were very kind enough to, uh, when they would decide they were doing the Saints live show for the last nine games of the season, they asked me to come on. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it's been really great, to be honest. It's been really good fun, really enjoyable. It's very nice in that I can kind of use some of my knowledge and, and experience to talk about. Both the current team um, and we talk a lot in the pre-match show now about sort of players and games that have been like classic players, classic games of of a more modern era. Um, and Dean Hammond, who's on there as well, obviously um, has played mm-hmm. with a bunch of those guys. So has great insight. Uh, so it's been really nice for me. It's, it doesn't really take ages and ages of time because all the team, Tom and, and Callum and the team at Saints do all the hard work really so i just have to turn up and talk and obviously in life as it is now i don't even have to leave the house so it's uh it's um yeah i've cut down a lot of traveling that's for sure man, <laughs> C- man city away was a uh, pretty quick trip this year
4: um even without the course yeah no, i can imagine yeah I, I, I was talking to dan the other week obviously about the course god rest its soul but uh, yeah i mean obviously we're going to use your random number generator for our upcoming patron giveaway so if you're a tsp patron keep listening then before we get going Adam uh, as it's the last pod I just wanted to run a couple of scenarios past you just to get some clarity because I've been mulling these over really since uh, the last time we spoke so look a couple of scenarios here just to run past you get your thoughts at the end if that's all right um, this sounds
3: very very ominous
4: well let's see where it goes eh um, right first one then so you've been kidnapped by a baddie um, for whatever reason <laughs> let's not let's not dwell on the background of this but uh, he's then tied you to uh, a set of train tracks Adam because he's really really bad um, anyway a train is now hurtling down the track and he states that the only way for you to survive the train ploughing into you is to beat him at a game of rock, paper, scissors. Now, the good news for you, Adam, is that he's left one of your hands slightly free. Not free enough for you to uh, escape, but free enough for you to play a game of rock, paper, scissors. And uh, as I say, he will let you go if you win the game because he has a good streak in him. So that's uh, you know good for a baddie. But would you say that that game of rock, paper, scissors is a uh, must win for you?
3: Oh, it's utterly predictable where that was going to end up. Let's put it this way. It would be a very important game. It would be, it would be a game that I would... You know what, actually? It's a fair point. If it's life and death, then that is must win. There you yeah.
4: go. The final we're That pod, is must we're win. Breaking but that was
3: the point that I was making the whole way along. Yeah. If it's not life and death, then it's not must win because everything carries on. I guess you could argue if I get sliced in half by a train, <laughs> then the world still carries on, but I wouldn't. So... Uh, selfishly, I would say that's must win.
4: So there you go. Adam Leach is a game and Adam Leach has confirmed it's must win. Excellent. I'm glad we uh, finally got it out of you. Yeah, I'm so
3: glad about
4: that. Um, Ahead of announcing our two TSP award winners for 2019-20 then, the player of the season and the most improved, based on our Twitter and Facebook polls and the votes from all the guys on this pod earlier, as well as Adam's views uh, also. Um, You know, I gave you the heads up on this. So who would be your player of the season for Saints this year and why?
3: It's obviously Danny Ings. I mean what there 's probably even not much point in me saying what everybody probably has already said and what everybody already knows, but I guess his goals uh, his all round contribution to the team as well, um, which I think sometimes does go a little overlooked because everybody 's so obsessed with with how many goals he 's scoring, and to to have kind of be right up there in the talk for the golden Boot at the end of the season when you 've played in a team that for half the season has struggled quite badly at times. Mm is even more remarkable, really. I mean, you expect to be able to score 20 goals a season or more if you play for Man City or Liverpool or maybe even Arsenal, teams like that, who are obviously fantastic and are going to create you an awful lot of goal-scoring opportunities. But when you're playing for Saints, and especially the Saints of much of the first half of the season, chances were pretty few and far between. And Yes, he's hit a richer vein of form, obviously, since Saints' form has turned. But even so, he did keep scoring. Um, some goals in that period and they were important goals because Saints needed them very desperately then he's led the line superbly he's played well alongside multiple different uh, strike partners and he's been a really good positive character around the place mm-hmm. as well which has helped in what has been a few testing moments this season so I think for all of the above and then on top of that obviously the sheer weight of goals he's scored is, is only one man and uh, a runaway winner i'd imagine
4: well obviously i can't disclose that at this stage we'll find out in a minute but uh who knows um but uh, yeah i mean who knows <laughs> who,
3: who knows uh, his close rival um yeah uh yeah. yes
4: in terms of most improved then obviously we've heard the guys uh talking through some of their uh nominations earlier and again we'll do the final vote in a minute but again i gave you the heads up on this one that we were going to talk about it so most improved this season and why i mean who would you give that to adam
10: so I thought
3: this was a good question for this year, particularly, because normally, like when you think of most improved, you tend to think of, you know, if you've got a couple of youngsters, which youngsters really come in and done amazingly and established themselves and things like that, as well as Saints this year they haven't really had that. They've had a few youngsters that come in and done something here and there, but they're not really in a sustained manner. So you're kind of more looking at kind of forgetting that it's a, a young player and then looking at literally which of the senior players therefore has improved the most. And um, that's like the criteria I try to use for it. And for me, it's Jack Stevens. I almost feel a little bit guilty saying Jack. And the reason for that is I was never as critical of him or thought he was struggled as much as a lot of, you know, Saints fans we got a lot of stick from. So I, I don't feel he's gone from zero to hero, but there's no doubt he's improved massively. I mean the consistency of his performances now um, I don't think some of the performances themselves are actually hugely better than what he was capable of producing before because he's played very very well in the past but that consistency um, to go from sort of an in and out type of player to first name on the team sheet type of player is a huge mark of how far he's come the fact that obviously they were able to lose Maya Ishida as well was because of you know partly because of Jack and how well he's played. I think he's been a real defensive linchpin. Mm. Him and Bednarek are comfortably the best centre half pairing at the club. Yep. Um He's provided a lot of strength down the spine of the team. He's very very reliable. He's dependable. He's better on the ball than a lot of people give him credit for. He's very brave. Um, he shows a lot of leadership mm. on the pitch as well by by leading by his actions. He's a really nice lad as well, Jack. So I'm really happy for him. I'm really yeah. pleased that he's established himself. And I felt like at times he got some quite unwarranted levels of stick. And so I'm really pleased that he's kind of turned it round. And I think now he's kind of reaping the rewards for hanging in there and continuing to work hard and keeping his head down. Yeah.
4: And, and obviously, finally, Adam, I know you probably missed it out accidentally, but of course he is one of our own.
3: Oh, uh, well, we all know. I mean, you're just trying to push my buttons here tonight. To <laughs> tell that. Like the last... <laughs> you're just going I've missed you that's why I've missed you I've got a
4: load to catch up on
3: a Roy Keane style country (laughs) performance on the last ever episode um so yeah I think uh we know he's not one of our own but whoever he's one of um, yeah um He's done really well. Exactly. I saw someone call him the Cornish
4: Maldini the other day, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, uh, cool. So yeah, look, I mean, just ahead of uh, the jingle before we announce all the uh, the war winners, I, I thought uh, again I just have my two pence worth. Um, obviously, Danny Ings for Player of the Season for me, um, simply for the fact he grew up in Netley Abbey, and uh, I'm not sure if I have mentioned before, but I did as well. And uh, obviously, he scored loads of goals. But I think, as everyone said, pretty much, you know, not just his goal scoring, his work rate, the way that he's, uh, you know, really supported some of the younger players this season, and uh, it's been fabulous, you know, just to see Danny Ings. Have a, a season of keeping fit and smiling, but you know he's been brilliant on the pitch for us, and I think we're all very excited about what he can do under Ralph and the, the team next year. In terms of my most improved player, I'd go uh, along with Adam and uh, some of the other votes that we've uh, got on uh, Jack Stevens. I think four things I, I wrote down here communication I think you know we've not had a lot of that back in the defence this season but you know since that Man City game when he came back into the side I think he has helped to try and communicate a bit more between the goalkeeper in defense and defence and defence and midfield I think organisation wise as well he's tried to do that job as Adams said of being a leader and trying to organise players to, to really sort of firm up a bit in defence um, I think the other two things as well that really stand out passion I think we've seen it a lot from Jack you know he's someone that Joking aside hasn't come through our Academy, but it feels like he is a Southampton player through and through. You know, he does wear his heart on his sleeve and I think, you know, you can see that on the pitch. He loves winning with Saints and I think as fans that's what we love seeing. And the last thing as well, it's the most improved player of the season award, and for me, he is someone that's absolutely improved. I think Stuart Armstrong has been absolutely fabulous, but let's not forget, as I think uh, Simon Peach mentioned earlier, Stuart Armstrong is a proven international footballer, he's played a lot of international football, he is pretty much the finished article to a certain extent already, whereas Jack Stevens has absolutely improved this season and for me that's where he gets the award so coming up on the other side of this jingle the final results Okay, so let's finalize the TSP 2019-20 award winners player of the season nominations were Danny Ings Jan Bednarek James Ward-Prowse and Stuart Armstrong as put together by our TSP panel and the TSP player of the season for 2019-20 as voted for by listeners and Facebook and Twitter followers and our pod contributors is Danny Ings of course it is Having scooped 90% of the vote overall, it was never really in doubt. The final results, Jan Bednarak with 2%, Stuart Armstrong and JWP both had 4% and Danny had a massive 90%, so what a season our beautiful net lead ad has had. Many congratulations to Danny. Now, I reached out to him last week to advise he'd won and asked if he had any immediate reaction he wanted to share with you and us on collecting, let's be honest, this unique and career-topping award. So Danny told me, quote, I'm very grateful for being chosen. Thank you very much, mate. What a guy. What a footballer. What a season. Danny Ings is the TSP 2019-20 Player of the Season. Right, moving on to our most improved player for 2019-20, this was a lot closer. The TSP nominations were Stuart Armstrong, James Ward-Prowse and Jack Stevens. Again, based on Facebook and Twitter voting via our social media sites, Adam's Vote and all those from contributors earlier, the TSP 2019-20 Most Improved Player of the Season is… Jack Stevens. Many congratulations to Jack on winning the award with 51% of the overall voting. Third place was James Ward-Prowse with 16%. Second was Stuart Armstrong with 33%. And Jack was in first place on 51%. Now, unfortunately, you have the opportunity to reach out to Jack and get his views on whether he's pleased or not. I'm sure he will be, of course. That said, I think he's had a great season and, in general, deserves the widespread praise he is receiving from Saints fans. So that concludes the TSP 2019-20 Awards. Okay, at time of recording, I can confirm we're still waiting for the final TSP Fantasy Premier League table to update once it's done we will announce the winner and make contact with them to arrange the trophy being delivered hopefully it will have a safer trip this year given last year's trophy left me in one piece and arrived in Canada with 2018-19 champion Bob Brown in about 400 pieces so watch this space on that please
3: we've got my address anyway mate, so you can just just post it straight down to me I imagine I'm in the running I mean i have not checked but I imagine I'm right up there
4: certainly the last time I looked you were certainly in the top 350 yeah absolutely yes so so there's a chance Um, look what we are going to do is our patron giveaway exclusively for our psp patreon patrons dotted around the world adam just to clarify i know you said you bought it earlier but the uh, the random number generator is all fired up is it ready to go
3: fired up and ready you just need to tell me 42 okay
4: that's what you're gonna ask me i'm ready to go yeah good Right, I have a list of uh, all 42 of our currently active patrons, and just to clarify, that was as the 7th of July. So that's when I took the list of. Uh, I know we've had a couple of people sign up, but obviously want to be fair to the people that have been patrons throughout uh, the period. We haven't actually charged any patronage uh, through July because obviously uh, we knew that the pod was going to retire. So this is as of the 7th of July, and uh, it's in a completely random order. I think looking at it is probably based on when you've signed up to become a TSP patron. So it's not an alphabetical order or anything like that. Um, before. Before we get going I just want to say again thank you to all of you for your support with TSP today it's truly made a difference to us and I'm grateful for the many responses I've received from you over the last week having contacted you all privately on the decision to retire TSP it was actually Adam's idea to set up Patreon for our 50th episode so uh, you know very very grateful for all the support that uh, everyone's given us so to clarify as giveaway items we have a 2019-20 home shirt which has Total Saints pod 20 printed on the back of it we also have the away shirt with the same printing total saints pod 20 on the back we also have the 2019 20 third shirt and unfortunately i couldn't get a pennant this year adam so unfortunately uh, we weren't able to get one of those but what i have managed to get from the Saints shop is a very handy set of coasters with the saints badge on them so i think equally if not
3: more attractive than a pennant that sounds great i mean everybody has a drink and nobody wants marks on their table so i mean it sounds like the perfect gift
4: not only is it sort of attractive but it's also very practical
3: exactly exactly the best type of prize
4: (laughs) good stuff well I must say all the shirts are uh, male extra large so if you're female and you win one of them uh, I apologize in advance but I'm sure they will look nice up on the wall or something like that anyway but uh, right let's get uh, started with the home shirt then Adam so as I say if you can provide a number between 1 and 42 and by the power of podcast editing I'll rapidly find and announce the patron who has won if that's all right so whenever you're ready
3: here we go, firing oh,
4: it up. Oh, I feel like I should have a drum roll or something. Nineteen. Nineteen, right? Nineteen is Alex Hart. Alex Hart. So uh, I believe <laughs> that's a good expensive start. I think we had this last year. Alex lives in California, so uh, obviously the uh. Uh, the budget's going to take a smashing <laughs> straight away. But uh, congratulations to Alex. Uh, Alex has won our home shirt with total Saints Pod twenty on the back. So uh, congratulations, Alex. Right. Um, the next one is the uh, the way shirt. So this season's a way shirt with Total Saints pod 20 on the back. Adam, go for it. Oh,
3: here
4: we go. 39. It feels like you should have, you know, like one of those spinning sort of tombola things and pull the balls <laughs> out rather than a Google thing. But uh, yeah. So
3: <laughs> I feel like I'm doing the FA Cup
4: draw. <laughs> right. So you said 39. Is that right? Yes. 39. Sorry. He scrolls down. Editing wise. Right. That is mark baker so mark baker i don't know where mark lives hopefully it's uh, somewhere a bit closer but mark baker uh you have won our away shirt for this season so well done to you mark right the last shirt then is the third shirt so that's the white one that we've uh worn against what wolves we drew we wore it in norwich we won and we wore it against bournemouth we won so unbeaten in this shirt this season um who's it going to go to adam 36
3: that's cool that's very close yeah, it's like, it is like the lottery here. Is, you think it that it's not all going to be close together <laughs> and that suddenly they
4: are. Exactly. So that is Dan Campbell. And I think Dan lives in Australia. So we've gone from one side of the world to the other. But, uh, Dan, many congratulations.
3: That's predictable, isn't it? We're the only one is we don't know where Mark lives. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So, I mean, so there's still hope. I mean, it's probably <laughs> South Africa or. Argentina, or he's he's currently on the International Space Station or something like that, I suspect.
4: Fingers crossed he lives in West Lothian. That'll be a lot more handy for me, but uh, (laughs) there we go. So great. So our winners, just to repeat of the shirts, uh, the home shirt is Alex Hart, the away shirt is Mark Baker, and the third shirt, which we are unbeaten in this season, is Dan Campbell. Congratulations. Right, it's on to the Attractive and Practical Coasters. Unfortunately, they're not signed like the pennant was by Ralph Hasen, Who, till last year, I'm afraid. It's just a set of cold, hard coasters. But Adam, any number between 1 and 42, please?
3: This is the big one. Oh, it's the one they all want. It is number 21.
4: 21. That is Ginny Marshall. Ginny Marshall. So well done to Ginny. Um, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure Ginny lives over in Holland. So a little bit closer, but still not ideal,
3: Adam. No, that's not ideal. But I mean, that's that's probably better. I suppose when you go now, we're going to blow the whole budget, aren't we? So what is exactly, it, What is it matter?
4: Exactly. There's a there's a few quid left in the coffers. So uh, um, that's great. So, yeah, brilliant. So congratulations to you, Ginny. Um, thanks again to all of you, as I said, and congratulations to our winners. Um, I'll make contact with all of you over the next few days once this pod's come out to arrange postal addresses and delivery, uh, as I say, from one side of the world to the other by the looks of it. But, uh, Adam, thanks for that. Thanks for the use of your reliable as ever random
3: generator. That's okay. I can retire that for a little while as well now.
4: that's it that's the uh, referee's full-time whistle um tsp the final countdown is pretty much done adam just while i sort of compose myself um your final reflections on total saints podcast it's almost three years to the day since we did that first clunky tsp episode one but uh yeah fun times i think
3: yeah it's been great it's been absolutely brilliant um i know we reflected on it a bit at tsp 100 as well but i think Uh, for people who maybe have come new to it still it's worth talking about the origins of it and it is for me as well In that you approached me about it uh we've been friends for many years we played football together as as young lads and um i I think we both thought it would last not very long probably we give it a go we'd probably be rubbish nobody would listen to it and then we would just yeah stop doing it basically and then I think to our great surprise, people actually listened to it. And it's like all these things. It took a bit of time to build up. It also took a bit of time for us to work out how to do it properly. But it kind of just took on a life of its own, I think, after, you know, maybe six months or so. And it just grew and grew and grew sort of almost exponentially. Mm. Um, we got more listeners. And, you know, it was always for me a huge pleasure to get the feedback from people who listen. I always loved hearing uh, where people were listening to it in the world. I loved hearing what they were up to. You know, mm. people telling you they listen to it when they walk their dog or they go for a run and they listen to it or they're in the gym or what, yeah, whatever it may be and where they are in the world. Fascinating, really. And also, um, reminds you, I think with Saints, especially it's still quite a small club, Saints. I know it's got the glamour of the Premier League behind it, but it is still a small club. It is, feels like a little community still it still has that about it and yeah okay you might have a million followers on instagram or something but really they haven't got that many fans comparatively you know it's still a small club and feels like a real community of people who are hardcore fans and yeah it's been great i mean i've thoroughly enjoyed it um it was a new lease of life for me for sure Mm and i've said that before it was it was great i thoroughly enjoyed it and it kind of kept me really interested but Yeah, it's such a cool thing to have done. And and ultimately, I think it's been great to be involved for me. It's been, I think, great for the other contributors that have regularly been involved and who have been brilliant as well. And and everybody has obviously given up their time for nothing to make this happen. And it's been brilliant having the patrons because they've meant that this hasn't cost money. The patrons and happy hot tubs have meant that we've been able to do this and not, just lose money hand over fist on it as kind of was the, the initial starting point for it. But most of all, ultimately I come back to the fact that it's your thing. It's you, are the one who's driven it. People always have said to me down the years of, of doing this, I really love the podcast or whatever, you know, thanks or, you know, it's been great. And I'm like, you don't need to say thanks to me or you don't need to tell me it's Ben because he is the one who puts all the time and effort into this. It's easy when all you've got to do is log on for an hour or two and talk about something that you know about Mm. and you're passionate about already. But the countless hours that you've put into getting guests, editing it, recording it, uh, all the admin behind it. I mean, its it's so much work. It's been like another part-time job on top of your full-time job and your family. For three years, which is a remarkable commitment, and it's been driven out of passion for the club and also, you know, I think more than anything during the lockdown period, it would have been so easy just to have stopped it there and then, Um, and either come back for the last few games or or not have come back at all. But you kept it going, which was, I think, was out of a sense of loyalty and community Mm -hmm. for people who who listen to it and enjoy it, and I think that speaks volumes of you and your contribution to it and. Yeah, I think the biggest tribute you can pay to the podcast and to your work is that and you've seen from the reaction is that it's going to be sadly missed by a lot of people. It's the right thing to do. It's the right time. It's had its moment. But yeah, it's a tribute to you that it is going to be uh, very sadly missed. So I guess I'm waffling here, but I would like to say because I don't know if anybody else would be in a position to say it on the podcast, but I would like to say on behalf of everybody the contributors all of them down the years the patrons and all the many many tens of hundreds of thousands of listeners and listens that we've had thank you because you are the one that's driven this you're the one that's made this happen from first episodes to going out in the last episode and I think you should be so proud of what you've done and go out with your head held high and if you really miss it I'm sure people will welcome back so you go out um with something to be very very proud of i think
4: no thank you very much mate i appreciate it and uh yeah you know obviously appreciate your time and uh it's been great to end it uh, as we started so you know felt like the only way really so i appreciate you uh joining for the end adam
3: no it's been great it was uh it was lovely to be uh when you asked me to come on again for this one it was uh not something I had to think very
4: long about, that's for sure. No, good stuff. Um, from my point of view, I won't thank everyone again, as uh, you know. hopefully the uh, in inverted commas statement uh, did that job last week, but I would just like to call out again, Happy Hot Tubs, Saints World, Saints Archive, our TSP patrons, and the regular panel members. Of course, I also want to thank you, all of our loyal listeners. I actually have all 125 episodes downloaded onto an external hard drive for a rainy day, um, so maybe I'll listen back in a, a little while, but what I would say is we'll leave the various hosting sites iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Open for a few weeks. So if there is any you'd like to download and keep, you know, if you're struggling with sleep or something like that, then uh, please feel free to. So they'll certainly be available for a few more weeks, uh, and uh, you can have a peruse and uh, download any that you like. Um, look, it's been a, a simply brilliant journey, and I'm sure our paths will cross again. I'll still be uh, around on Twitter at Ben Stanners. If you uh, don't follow me, or you do follow me and you want to get in touch, um, I'll just end by saying keep supporting those Saints. As Adam mentioned, you know, we're not the most fashionable club in the world, but I think we're all very lucky to be Saints fans and uh, I feel quite emotional saying this wherever you are in the world let's hope the club remains healthy and keeps pushing forward this has been Total Saints podcast your weekly pod going to the heart of all things Saints FC thank you and keep marching in
7: i
1: Now I feel
7: the winds of change I see the flag is flying high
2: We all see the glory come And our hearts again with pride So bring the glory
0: And conditions apply.
3: Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
11: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
2: This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way.